Hey, Kurt, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some coffee. Ooh, what kind? Dragonfly Coffee Roasters. It's delicious. Oh, just like the end on the show. Yeah. And if anybody wants to buy some of their coffee, they can go to dragonflycoffeeroasters.com and use GGFN10 for 10% off all products. Ooh, that's a good deal. I know, right? Let's get on with the show. everybody welcome back to the friday night dinner podcast the gilmore girls podcast somebody emailed in last week saying i never know what the podcast is about when it starts and i'm like i thought it was pretty obvious but there we go we i've never about... watched the show before true true we sometimes talk about food though this is true i mean also in the episode description it will, it will always say we talk about gilmore oh, yeah. girls but i'm like okay. <laughs> maybe for some people who've like listen to however many episodes and don't know what this is about we talk gilmore girls and uh yeah we also talk about weather and food and other stuff speaking of how's the weather your way it's good it's it's a little warm but it was cool enough to go to the beach in the middle of the day this week or this weekend so that was good went to the dog beach camping a great time until they had a sandbar and then we had full-on drama oh you know, I mean, Scamp Scamp cranks the drama up to eleven. So, mm. uh, but you know, we got the burr out. So, oh, good. That's good. W- w- with a sedative. First, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's gonna be fifteen next month. But you know, he was he was just you know having a great time. He's he's one of the guys who's just like, hey, I really like this family at the beach, so I'm gonna go off with them and like you guys entertain yourselves until I get back. He's like a dog. So, oh yeah. No, no loyalty. Hey, he's just like I'm yeah, off to the he's next like, channel. Yeah, he's like I. He's like I'm. I'm an extrovert. I like to get to know new people. You know, and the dog parks. We've been kind of hesitant about going to dog parks because of the virus. So, um, so he's like Jonesing for people contact. Mm. So, so if he gets some scritches, he's he's all yours. So there you go. Yep. Yeah. And they started walking down the beach with a dog that was wearing a raincoat, and I'm like, dude, he's wearing a raincoat. Yeah. You know, like maybe rethink your friend choices. <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't i haven't done much today i mostly just sat around and like i'm working from home right now but there's like a lot of times where Mm -hmm. i just don't have anything to do so i'll just go lay on the couch and watch something on the tv and then that's perfectly okay well yeah because like when you're at work you have to like sometimes feign that you're working or like find something (laughs) to do yeah like when you're at home you're like well i've got some free time like i'll just go watch gilmore girls just or like relax yeah right. because yeah, but it's just a weird mind sweep or... it's a weird feeling because like even when i'm like I, I have to go into the office now like i'll just like put on something on the tv because we have like a big tv in the office that sometimes people watch things on they also use it for meetings and other stuff and like mm-hmm. i'll just be like i'm gonna put on gilmore girls i don't think anyone's gonna mind right like yeah nah. I, i'm just so used to like having like a show on now that Part of me wonders, like, as mm-hmm. we go back to normal-ish, I wonder if, like, there will just be these weird things that we develop over 
like our weird habits that we develop over COVID that we just carry back oh, yeah. into the workplace. Like, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's like some guy making a full breakfast at work. Like, this is just what I did every day while right. doing the, the quarantine. <laughs> You there know. might be more people bringing their dogs in because dogs aren't going to understand people going back to work. You know, they've just had a great time with people being home. Yeah. So that's going to be an adjustment for a lot of dogs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So are you doing a hybrid work model or are you all work from home? It's mostly work from home, but like there's the off mm -hmm. chance where like I have to do something that I just can't do from home that I'll go into work. Mm -hmm. Like, like today, well, I was supposed to go and sign something, and I was just like, I don't know if I'm gonna go into work today and do that. Cause I have some time to do it, but I'm like, yeah, I have to like go into the into work and sign this document, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, just something I can't do from home. I have to go into the office mm -hmm. and sign it for some weird reason. Just but, things. Yeah, right. uh, I guess some things you have to sign in person. You can't digitally sign. No, no. It's one of those things I have to print it and then sign it and then get somebody else's oh. signature. And then it's like, oh, just gotcha. from home. That's just, I don't even have a printer. Like, I I mm -hmm. haven't had a printer in like the last decade or so. So, Look at you so advanced and stuff. Well, it's just like, it's not even that. I just, I feel like my generation just doesn't have printers anymore. Like, I don't know anyone really who has a printer nowadays. At least like in my friend group. Like, I know people still have them, but I just, I think it's a lot rarer nowadays to see people with a printer. People... I use mine for a scanner, just because I scan everything, and then throughout the, you know, yeah, copy. Yeah, there are times where I'm like, maybe I should have a printer scanner, but then I'm like, I probably use it like three times a year, and that's it, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I use it less and less, but yeah, but yeah. it's really handy for scanning. Mm-hmm. And you can scan negatives, and then, or scan photos, I scan photos, and then. Yeah, I mean, in hurricane prone land, it's helpful to have all your photos on, you know, your old school photos on the park. I imagine so. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, but we're here to to talk about uh, episode fourteen <laughs> of season four of Gilmore Girls: The Incredible. Talk about scanning. Yeah, you know, we could just turn this into the scanning podcast where we just talk about scanners. So is this uh, the one where Luke is the facts line, or is that the next episode? I think it's the next episode. Okay, so yeah. so it is kind of apropos, but okay. Yeah, because in this one, I think Luke's big thing is like he's he, he's supposed to meet Lorelai for their meeting, and then he doesn't he's really. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, I I think this episode really is like just showing just how like just stressed out Lorelai is and just everything going on in her life. I mm -hmm. mean. Also, to a degree, Rory as well, but, you know, mm -hmm. I think more so Lorelai. Um, right. Yeah. Even, like, Rory, she's kind of get the, the impression that, like, you know, maybe she's, like, starting to fail. Like, she got a D on her paper, and the professor tells her to drop a course, which... Uh, well, yeah, which she cranks the drama up to 11, she does a scamp, and cranks <laughs> the drama up to 11. Yeah. Uh, but you remember my predictions that she's gonna, because I've never seen the show before, that she's going to um, realize that things are not as easy for her as they were in high school, and she's mm. gonna have a little bit of a meltdown. We see some of that. Yeah. Well, even so like issues when she told. Mm -hmm. Well, even like she is so like clinging to her old past. Like she likes having um, what's her name around uh, Lane. Blaine doesn't even go oh, to school. Yeah, like, right. I I think it's in this episode where they tell, like, 
Rory that she has to go, and she ends up moving back. Yeah, in. well, it was Paris. It was Paris kind of throwing the other other two under the bus, and Rory did what, what a good idea, which is actually ask them about it instead of just getting mad at them. She's like, "Hey, is this how you guys feel?" And they're like, eh, "Pretty much." Yeah. Which I guess me is, that line from um. Oh, go ahead. Which I guess is fair. Like they paid to be in those dorms, presumably they paid to be in the schools. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I can so, see how it could be. Yeah. It doesn't look like a big space, mm-hmm. so. No, yeah. I mean for a dorm, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, compared to real life, but yeah, and and then you've got what is it, Janet, Janet's boyfriend, and yeah. Paris just got really ugly about that, and and then Paris is realizing that it's not so fun when you have a secret relationship. No, that she has to, you know, Janet pretty much <laughs> eviscerates her, um, and then she can't say anything back about having a relationship because she's with a professor. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then yeah, she finds out that. Losing the lore. Hmm? And then she finds out that Rory has told people. Lane. And, yeah, and she gets well, upset. Well, Lane. She only told Lane. Yeah. Which is right. like not that big of a deal, like. Well, you would. Th- they're kissing out in the middle of the of the common area or whatever at the dorm. You think somebody would notice, right? Yeah. I mean, it can't be that secret. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, mean, it's I a... thought that was a little over the top. Yeah, to me it felt like just Paris drama that like we get every so often yeah. where it's like, eh, we, I don't character. think we need this. Like, No, it doesn't serve a purpose. I get it that Paris like has a very like strong sense of control over her life, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it felt, it felt but pretty this is a egregious. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Lorelai and Rory can't like seemingly get in touch with each other, which I think just frustrates both of their situations when mm-hmm. you know they're trying to call each other, and part of me just thinks Why like, yeah. part of me's just thinking like, I'm guessing texting was <laughs> a big thing back then, but right. You know. No, because, well, I mean, you had to, it wasn't like, you, it was more like, see you at six or something. It wasn't like the long missives we write now, because it was such a pain in the butt, because you know, that's where we got all this, like, you are for your, you know, that's where we got a lot of the shorthand that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't use anymore, since we have more modern texting. But, yeah, I mean, it was a pain to text. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a lot of, you know, it would take you, like, basically five minutes to, to write out text. Yeah. So... Um, I don't think everybody had texting too. Now I think about it. No, like I remember, I did some texting, but I can vaguely remember it. Like I can't remember what limitations there was. I remember like I had the mm-hmm. functionality, but I do remember you still mostly call people. Like right, it mm-hmm. wasn't like now where I think texting is the predominant form of communication over calling people. And people still have paper too. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so... Uh, so maybe the first episode where we don't see Lorelai and uh, Rory talking to each other? Yeah. Well, yeah, they use that very interestingly where you just don't see them communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, too, we got a little bit of drama with the dragonfly. Uh, first off, there's some money issues, which... Like, she's not paying people. Yeah, which is like, uh, that could be a problem. But, you know, Tom's very understanding. 
You know, he even says, you smell nice. He's a cool guy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how he's like, you smell nice. That goes a long way. I'm like, yeah, that's, that is true. Smelling nice does go a long way. <laughs> um, Someone like, well, just, just, you know, whistle at me or oh, she couldn't hug him because he was all dusty and stuff. And so he's like, just whistle at me when I'm, when I'm with the guys and they'll be jealous or something like that. Yeah. I kind of like. Yeah. He's, he's a nice guy. Um, but then also too, you get, uh, yeah, like a lot of stress with like Lorelai just wanting to get her hair cut. She barely gets her hair washed and then she already mm-hmm. has to leave. Uh, and she gets a little upset with Suki because Suki was supposed to approve a sink and she Who misses demanded it. she approved the sink? She, she said that she had to be there for the sink. Yeah. And, and she says, well, the baby kept me up all night. And then. Um, yeah, there was some gaslighting there because she never apologized. I don't think it was a real apology. And no. she kind of was putting it on Lorelai. You know, Lorelai's yeah. like, you know, I didn't think I'd be doing this all by myself. I need a partner. She's like, oh, well, you know, sue me for procreating or something. Yeah. And then she says, like, you know, like, I'm helping out or I don't know, whatever her story was. But, yeah, she's doing a little gaslighting there. I was not happy with Sookie in this episode. I thought she was being extremely selfish. Yeah. And... I also felt too like it felt like she like she's the one that placed these demands that she approved the sink and right. then she doesn't show up like that's entirely on her so her getting frustrated at Lorelai when Lorelai's playing putting it out like well we paid money to get this thing shipped here and we're gonna have to pay to get it shipped back again which is like a completely right. unnecessary cost like yeah I can see how mm-hmm. Lorelai would be frustrated. And Sookie didn't even say, like, you know, hey, I'll forego, like, you know, some pay to pay for the extra shipping or whatever. It's just, yeah. It was more like, Sookie's like, that's your problem kind of attitude. And it didn't even uh, have to be financial. She could even say, like, hey, I'll, I'll take a few more meetings or I'll do something to, like, help. Right. Like, ease the load. She didn't offer to do any right. of that, which I, yeah. No. There's I'm an like, entitlement there. I was like, well. Uh, it just had me thinking, I'm like, man, do you have an Sookie as a business partner? It just sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Not that great. Well, I, I wonder if this is the stuff that kind of comes out when you're doing something like this. You know, like, there, yeah. there were going to be issues. And Trix knew, like, Trix had it nailed. She's like, well, she's like, you're probably drowning and you're hemorrhaging money, is what she said, because, you know, you're at this stage of things. You know, like, Trix is pretty business savvy. She's, she's yeah. difficult. She knew exactly where things were at. And then, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, Richard needs to help pay for stuff. Although in an earlier episode in our previous season, she said something about how, um, when Rory needed money for school, that it wasn't appropriate for, for the family to help pay or something. So she kind of went completely back on that. Yeah. I'm guessing she was using the example of what happened with Richard and like his bad business deal, which I guess you could like, I don't know if she was trying to say that the end was a bad business decision or not, but I didn't get that. It was more like, well, I helped you and you know, you want to go there with me. I'll embarrass you in front of everybody, you know? And it, and it turns out that, you know, he paid her back in like two months or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, tricks, tricks hold stuff. Yeah. And, um, Marion Ross is great, but, um, so there's it. And you finally see Richard standing up to her. Which yeah. you had not seen before. Yeah. Um, Emily was kind of you know, thrown to the wolves usually. To the point where she makes a comment. You know, pretty rude comment. And then uh, Richard says something like, Oh, tricks, you're such a card. Or something. Like some kind of joke. 
like yeah. almost like reinforcing it but then when it's him on the line then he starts getting mad yeah and it's kind of like well you could have done that when she went after emily but but i think this is this is part of the issues they're having yeah that we see even later on the next episode but yeah and also too i think uh it's this idea too that like i think he probably assumes that emily can hold her own and mm-hmm. you know i think he just there's some miscommunication there because obviously there's some times where emily feels like he should be backing her up but i think he probably treats it like oh she can handle herself which i think most of the time she can but i think there's sometimes that she wants him to come nice. and support her yeah if she, yeah if she got back up especially when trix is going way over the line i mean yeah. i'm surprised emily didn't walk out but maybe that's part of you just don't do that yeah in her culture i don't know so yeah um yeah and then she goes and talks to luke and breaks down because of what happened with suki and what happened with tricks and confesses that she was going to ask luke for money which you know i got a little manipulative mm-hmm. yeah yeah and he's uh, dressed so nice and she does, just doesn't want to go out to dinner with him i'm like go ahead and go out to dinner with him why not go have dinner yeah she's probably hungry at that point too i'd imagine right well, and then she then she comes and turns to the fact she says, "I really like my life, and you know everything I have." But you know, sometimes I just like to have a partner, and I thought that was really real. She's not saying she that she's unhappy. It's just that she'd really like sometimes somebody to share the load, which I guess she thought that was going to be Suki. Yeah, which admittedly should be Suki since she's a business partner. But yeah, mm-hmm. right. I, I think that was a very real way of looking at relationships where like. Yeah, sometimes you are just really content with where you're at in life, but sometimes you just think, like, things would be better or easier for you and for your partner if it was shared, so... Which I get. Right. I think that's a that's one way of looking at a relationship. I don't want to say it's the only way of looking at a relationship, but... Which that... also makes me think that maybe things with Jason are kind of numbered, because she doesn't bring up a future with him now granted they only i don't know what the time frame is but they've only been together a few months right is that the well that was also like why for me i thought it was interesting that she asked luke for the money and not jason because jason's like yeah because like he seemed like he's like flowing with money he's got like his weird dog and his nice place and nice car like (laughs) his dog was trained by benedictine monks or whatever i forget yeah trappist monks like you think he would have the money to put up for that and they've been that's, dating that's so that's a good point so you, mm-hmm. you would think she or he would be the first option that she would go for but it's interesting that she goes for luke yeah um, it is i yeah. think about that yeah yeah i mean to be fair suki was like you should ask him but part of me is like mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't either of them be like why don't we just ask jason he probably like wouldn't even ask her to pay it back it's probably like a drop in the like bucket to, for him right to him, it's probably a small, yeah, it's probably like less a percentage of his income. Yeah. But you see Luke, you know, here here she is talking about being a partner, and Luke's like, uh, probably like, I would totally do that. Although Luke is still married. Technically, yeah. about that part. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen his wife in like ages, but like, he's apparently right. still married. But there's, and he doesn't live with her, but you know, they're still married, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the episode. Um, yeah, kind of like a, a it's an interesting episode because I think it kind of shows more of like what Lorelai and uh Rory 
are like with both of them kind of being preoccupied in their lives right now with other mm-hmm. stuff. So and that worries growing up yeah, and having to deal with stuff. Yep. Yeah. And not being able to talk to her mom face to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned this was uh, written by both Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino. So maybe Amy thought Daniel can handle it by himself or something. But, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, who was... Who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? I like Tom. I thought he was really believable. It's just this kind of you know, guy that's tough on his employees, but really kind of has a soft spot for Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like Trix because Marion Ross is just great. So, and she's still alive. She's like ninety four or something now. I think. Yeah. 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 So if if you were not alive back in the day, um, she was on Happy Days. She played the mother of the family. So. No. Um, but yeah, I think she always does a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are my favorite. Worst for Paris. I just, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, Liza, is it Liza Wheel? Is that her name? Yeah. So I don't think it's her issue. I think it's the, it's the, the writing. Um, mm. and also they, they, they need to step up her outfits. They really don't put her in outfits that are flattering for her, her body type. No. Um, and I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but, um, but also, uh, uh, Michelle lost his accent a couple times when he was um, talking at the end. Although I do like the part where, you know, when he's talking about, well, I'm going to get, you know, a bulk pack of, of gum wrappers in case business really picks up. And it looks like they thought the camera's off him because you can see Michelle, or the actor that plays Michelle, you can just see him just having, like, just a good time with them on the set. And I don't think that he thought the camera was on him. It was just a cute little slice of That's how funny. well they get along. Yeah. yeah, and then um, and then I also voted worst was Sookie and Jackson's answering machine message. Nobody wants to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Your kid like eating the phone and licking the phone and pointing. <laughs> yeah, the answer is, and I think that was the point, right? Is that she's getting so involved in that is that she's not fulfilling her role at the end. Yeah. What should I get? It's your new baby, but at the same time, you know, it's like it's. Sookie took no responsibility well, for something. So. Also, it's like that's why you have a partner that can like also take care of this kid, right? Like, why does it have to? Why does it seem like Jackson's just like never doing much of anything? Which I guess doesn't surprise me. It's right. Jackson, but still, is this the first time they mentioned he has a farm? Because remember they were like, "What about Jackson?" Like, oh, he just bought new farm equipment. I think this is the first time they mentioned he actually has a farm. I don't know if they've. I think it was assumed mm. that he had like a garden or something. Yeah. Because I know he's like a vegetable supplier, but I don't. I assume that he probably bought it from like a different place and then just like resold it. But I didn't realize that he. he yeah, he, if he has a farm, farm, that's news to me. So, I mean, maybe he started the farm at the same time they're doing this venture. So maybe that's part of the issue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but to not have any kind of, mm-hmm. you know, remorse was kind of ick. Um, so those are my best and worst. How about you? What were your best and worst? Uh, best I'd say is Lorelai. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought she was great in this episode. It wasn't, I mean, her and Rory both had similar arcs in that they were kind of falling apart at the seams, both from kind of like being separated from the world that they've known for such a long time. Like for Lorelai, she's no longer part of the independence in and like, she's kind of doing her own thing now. 
And yeah, there was that cute little moment at the beginning when like the phone call came in and she wrote down the um, reservation on the bubblegum wrapper. Right. But like, I think there's that. Ninety <laughs> percent like of the episode was the other side where it's like, oh, this is just stress and frustration and mm-hmm. not fun stuff. But it was good to see. Like, it's interesting to see how she handled it because she was still trying to be polite and calm, but you could tell she was definitely buckling under the pressure, which I thought she did a great job of portraying, like, somebody who's trying to keep it together for everybody, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, too, just just on the brink, just, Mm -hmm. like, each time, like, something just keeps chipping away at her. So I thought that was really well done. Which, which I guess alludes to the the incredible shrinking, or I keep thinking it's shrinking, and I was yeah. thinking, oh, oh, what is that noise? That's my phone. <laughs> Sorry. Fire alarm or something? No, no, just my phone. I should have put that on silent. <laughs> We're just gonna roll with it though. Um, just, yeah, why not? Yeah. Adds a little ambiance. Yeah, exactly. What's so anyways? What's podcast? But I thought this though? was a shrinking, and I was trying to figure out. Yeah, when they were going to shrink. Mm. But it's sinking, which makes more sense. It's but interesting because, like, on different places, they all have different names for it. Like, on some websites, they call it shrinking Lorelei's, and some places they call it sinking. I'm pretty sure it's sinking. Oh, interesting. It's sinking. The official is sinking. Yeah. yeah. But I put an R in there for some reason. But yeah. I think it's because you think of, like, I don't know, like, incredible, like, is there there must be some allusion to some title of something that's incredible sinking something yeah like incredible sinking titanic or something i don't know well i guess shrinking makes or shrinking could make sense i think sinking makes more sense because like they're kind of drowning under the pressures of their lives right now right and the and in the beginning they seem like they're cruising along right so rory's got this job which kind of came out of the blue i have no recollection of her she said that she was training for it or something and now they were gonna i don't remember her even entertaining the idea of having a job so mm-hmm. that was a little surprising with the with the um food cards or is this the late no yeah this is this episode yeah so that kind of came out of nowhere um uh, mm-hmm. but yeah they were kind of cruising along and all of a sudden they got hit with stuff and again this is one of the first times we see rory have to cope with the fact that she is you know getting a d on a paper and she was pretty sure she was gonna get an a yeah she'd never had a d before mm-hmm yeah, and it was interesting too that like the the professor even said like you basically borrowed like research from another course like right right what? that you had a different and he's and the and the professor was pretty cool about it because he could have you know he could have gone on more about that but he was like hey you know I looked up your schedule which I mean I thought that was a little weird but um yeah I looked up your schedule and talked to your advisor I thought that was I don't think that would be standard practice um. I can't imagine that being okay, but, um, but again, you know, TV. So, um, but yeah. And he said like, well, you're over scheduled. And she's like, well, I'm taking the same amount of classes that my grandfather did. So you see, like, she's got this kind of, she's got these expectations for herself, not put on by the grandparents, but put on by herself as to how she should, um, you know, perform. And so, you know, again, here's the first time that she's probably hit a wall where she's like, wait a second, I'm not reaching the expectations I have for myself and that's where she kind of falls apart and yeah dropping a class is really not a big deal no no I mean most universities and colleges will give you time to do this because they understand that like sometimes mm-hmm. you realize a few weeks in that you just are overwhelmed right. um yeah and yeah like 
part of me thought like yeah like what he was saying did sound lazy like it sounded like she just took stuff she got from another course and just used it to pad the paper of the other one like and she thought right and she thought that it would pass yeah because maybe that's what worked at dalton yeah so yeah well, um, she's got lane there i mean who knows maybe she's out having a good time with lane and i don't think so because i think she was well there's even the point where she says something like oh i need she, to study she said something about like getting two hours off or something like that i'm trying to remember what it was like Oh, I mean, she wanted Paris to give her the notes so she could get an extra two hours out of her week or something. Yeah. Or she was sleeping in a game theory. She was had 15 minutes between classes, and she was basically, like, like going to cut game theory, which is the class that she needed to drop, or that was dropped for her. I yeah. don't think they drop classes for you, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't I think... I can't remember that. Well, I think he even said, like, that. it's ultimately your choice, which oh, yeah. is true. Yeah. Like, it is her choice. She can decide whether she wants to or not. So the reason I thought he actually dropped the class, but uh, yeah, but he but he's like, yeah, this is a D, and then her look of shock that you know, again here she's been told that she's the best at everything, and maybe bought into some of that hype, and now she's finding out that she's at a university with people that are just as good, if not better, yeah, than she is at things. Yeah, well, and, you know, even like when I went to university, I think the first year, like. There's some definitely some things that I got away with in in high school writing that like you have a bit of a staunch realization that you can't quite do that in university. Like I think there's always going to be that level of adjustment where you you have a hard time maybe realizing that like what you did before isn't always going to work in this isn't going to cut it. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. but obviously yeah, in most case, people's scenario case or scenario they'll like adjust. I thought it was pretty weird that she got pretty defensive about that. Like, she got really upset. Yeah. I don't know. I I thought she could have maybe even offered to rewrite the paper or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, right? She didn't even go to like an option. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a like a compromise, which no. is interesting because you know, you've seen her compromise on or negotiate on things before, but she just kind of lost it. Yeah. So. Okay. Maybe it was because he had looked at her schedule and talked to her, her advisor without talking with her. Maybe that was part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And just... to her, she probably heard you're not good enough and you failed, which, in fact, it's more like maybe you just took too many classes this semester. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt like she, she was a little too, I don't know, uncooperative, I guess is the best word. But, yeah. She was a little belligerent, yeah. But again, then, you know, this is kind of what I predict is that she's going to start realizing that she's not top dog. Yeah. And, you know, the stuff that flew at Dalton is not going to fly here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was my my favorite performance to get back, <laughs> back on track. But was I think we, we, went on a good, Rory? we went on a good tangent. Yeah. I mean, mine was Lorelai. I think Rory's story i just had a little bit less sympathy for i was a little more sympathetic mm. to lorelei because yeah you know it, it felt and also it felt a little more interesting to see her try to keep things together whereas rory was taking things out mm -hmm. on people and just getting frustrated with people like yeah lorelei was getting frustrated at suki but like she still was like trying to keep it together you could tell so i thought I she was actually being i thought she's being overly um accepting of it instead of kind of calling suki out yeah I think uh, she should have been a little more direct with her, but maybe she just didn't have the energy at that point. 
Yeah, and I think she was maybe trying to be understanding, but I mean, at a certain point, you That's have to just, not yeah. be understanding and just be like, "Listen, we need to come. We need to like get stuff done. Like, you know, take Davy to the meetings or something. <laughs> like, get it done." Right. Um, yeah. Oh, and her first, yeah, and Sucky's first thing is, well, what about Michelle? And she's like, we're not even paying Michelle. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's the other thing is he's, he's been, do and then you realize he's been doing all this stuff just out of the kindness of his own heart. He's not, he's still working at the other hotel because they're not paying him yet. And yeah. Sucky's like, hey, I know I'm the porter, but how about we get this guy that's just like doing this out of the kindness of his own heart? How about you get him to do it? Mm -hmm. You know, she was getting pretty demanding. Um, so maybe that was also a shock to Lorelai that her best friend was acting like a jerk. Yeah. Um, and then my least favorite, uh, man, there was quite a few that I didn't like in this episode. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Dean was being a little weird about the whole calling her to confirm about the in thing. Like. And saying he liked her hair. That was kind of a little weird interchange. Yeah. I'm like, do I dislike that or Suki more? And I feel like I'm leaning towards Dean just by a hair. I mean, both were not great performances, and I really, up until now, I'm like, I don't know which, but I feel like Dean. Yeah, that was just really weird, mm -hmm. and that was just, it, it was so short, but the whole time, I was like, what is he going on about? Like, this is just well, so Well, it's like weird. he was, yeah, I mean, I think calling Rory to see if it's okay if he works at, at her mom's inn, it seemed like it was kind of an excuse to contact her. Well, that's what I'm thinking, right? Like, at first, I'm like, oh, that's nice that he calls her to, like, let her know, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like... But what does it matter? Well, exactly, and I'm like, well, I, if it was anybody else, I would have believed that, but it's Dean, and I feel like he's just trying to, like, try to get it into talking to her, and, you Well, know. then we see, too, how he just, how, when he's at the arcade, is that this episode where he's at the arcade, and then he just kind of, like, while he's talking to Luke, he just watches Rory at the car? Is it, or is that the next episode? No, I think that's this episode. No, I don't think it's this episode. When when is it where the mom and the and Lindsay come with the food? Uh, I think that was in this episode. So this so yeah, this is the one where he was there where he's just watching Rory at the car. But no, and I you don't can tell like he's definitely not over I don't, it. I don't think that that was in this episode, but Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, I know I I I can't remember which episode that is, but um I'm pretty sure the next one. But anyways, yeah but you can um, tell he's not either way you can tell that he's not over it he's not coping with it very well no no and i think it's just like he's using his he's using excuses to still get into rory's life you know right i mean he must know that her and jess are broken up so i feel like he's trying extra hard to like try to get back into her life even though hey he's got a wife which is kind of weird right. when you start thinking about it more but mm -hmm. That, it wouldn't be Dean if it wasn't weird and creepy, right? So, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, favorite reference from this episode. Um, I it's also my favorite quote about the um. Well, uh, who else do you have besides your poster and Noam Chomsky? So Noam Chomsky what uh, is a linguist, professor linguist, um linguistics professor at university of arizona he's like 90 something i think he's like 92 yeah. he's on richard nixon's enemies list um and he was kind of one of the main people that created um or was behind cognitive science which was refuting um behaviorism so just a little psych note there yeah 
And I also, and my favorite quote too is also just the speech by Lorelai about, you know, I really like my life, but sometimes I just want a partner. I thought that was really good because we haven't really seen that side of Lorelai where she wishes she had a partner. I don't think she's ever talked about that. Mm. Yeah. I think like she vaguely addresses it, but like not really in any way that's just, that's super substantial. And I don't think we've seen her be this vulnerable before. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, my favorite reference uh, was when Paris was going off about the dent in the couch or the indent in the couch. She kept saying how like oh, kids, yeah. kids were skateboarding and it got off the gray is still falling down it. Like she was just kept going on about this indent in the couch, which I thought was funny. Well, isn't it interesting that the is this where she held up the shirt that had the guy's last name on it? Yeah. So Klebold is, is, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the names of the, um, of one of the guys that, that did the Columbine mass shooting at the high school. Oh. I think it was Klebold. Maybe mm. it was spelled a little differently, but I was like, is this, but this happened afterwards, because that was in 99, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But I just thought that was an odd choice for a name to put on a shirt. Yeah. Also, there was a really weird yeah. reference, and I don't know what to make of this, mm-hmm. but, like, there's that guy, Glenn, who just keeps saying, like, the weirdest, creepiest things. And then, like, even the show yeah, recognizes well, the it. the guy from the newspaper? Uh-huh. Yeah. Where, like, Rory's, like... What did like, he say? I can't remember. Uh, he was, he, it was just so weird. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, like, something about... Something about the, like like people not liking him or something like like i don't know he seems very incel like which i'm not he he does he does victim me kind of speak yeah which is very weird but yeah yeah like rory says stop watching taxi driver and i was like i think somebody's gonna call like dorm police or something on this guy like this guy's just like speaking of columbine like this guy's just getting like a little too weird um yeah. He had a weird vibe the first time he was on the show. He, and I think, I don't know if they're playing it for laughs, because it's not like it's funny, but it's just very strange. No. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're into, like, quirkiness, and they, they make it so quirky that it's odd, and yeah. it's not funny. I find that that's some of it is like, oh, look look how edgy we are or something, and it's just not, it's like, oh, that's interesting, you know? Yeah. So. Um, just like Paris, Paris is written, like, a little too edgy. Yeah. I think. She doesn't have any any kind of other dimension to her, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite quote was uh, when Richard says, Lorelai, have you been there the whole time? And Lorelai says, yes. And Richard says, I didn't see you. And then she says, well, I've got my cloaking device activated. Well, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then she said to Jason, too, like, you know, bring your cloaking device with you or whatever. When Trix is... You know, basically ridiculing him about getting her the gift. I mean, yeah. that's how you know how cold Trix is, is, that he gets her a book on French antiques that she likes, and she just, like, rips them apart. Well, I love how she's like, why'd you get me a gift? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, he's just trying it's to be just nice. so rude. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you would think for all the talk that they have about decorum and everything, Trix is just, sometimes is just mean. Yeah. I think it like talking about Lorelai's hair. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes she seems to be like of decorum and like really like uptight about that stuff. Like right. she's like, "Why haven't we?" When it yet? suits her. Yeah, but then there's other times where she's like, "Why did you do this?" And it's like, "Okay, like you seem to pick and choose right. when these things are pertinent to you." 
So. Well, there's a narcissistic bent to her. And then also you look at, well, Richard kind of married his mother, you know, because you look at Emily's behavior. And this is where you see Emily kind of brought down a couple pegs. Yeah. Is that, that, that you know, tricks out narcissists her, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see the results of that next episode. So, yeah. Um, so it's just interesting that, that, you know, Emily can dish it out, but she can't take it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here, uh, behind the scenes trivia for this episode, uh, this episode doesn't have Rory or Lorelai together in any scene, which, very odd. It doesn't have any music. Yeah. There's any music episode. Um. Usually we have at least one song. Yeah. Um. The hat that Lorelai is wearing that Luke comments on is uh, based on a Bon Jovi song, Living on a Prayer, which really seems what? appropriate for Lorelai. Right. What did the hat say? Did it have Bon Jovi? I can't, I couldn't see the hat on my screen. I think it said like Living on a Prayer or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is listed in the trivia for some weird reason. Both Lorelai and Rory cry. So. I guess there's there that is a weird thing to make note of, but okay. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, any other mental health observations before we wrap this up? I think just the just the standards that Rory has set for herself are, are exceedingly high, and she may have gotten kind of a false view of her capabilities when she was an adult, and plus she's got her grandparents. You know, when she did that that really kind of mean review of ballet you know the parents the grandparents backed her up and she has not many people tell her no yeah um so when you know when this professor says hey you might want to drop the class this is probably the first time that she's encountered somebody saying that hey your work is not going to cut it yeah um and she kind of spirals because i don't know if she's used to doing something and it not succeeding mm-hmm and again, I think I think her view is is that she's a failure, but gets mad at gets mad at the professor rather than looking at well, you know, maybe she didn't put her best effort into this paper, or yeah. maybe she is stretched too thin. And then also this idea of well, this is the amount of classes my grandfather took. I didn't get the impression that grandparents were pressuring her about classes. No, I think she's putting all that pressure on herself. Yeah, we saw that so. senior year too. Remember where she found out from Paris all the extracurricular she had to do, and then she kind of almost got psychotic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to look at all these extracurriculars she was going to do. And, uh, you know, she, she goes zero to 60 really fast. Yeah. So, and I think that, that Lorelai kind of mitigates some of that, you know, she kind of squishes down some of the, of Rory's kind of out of controlness by kind of making a joke about it or putting it in perspective. And I think without that, you know, Rory started kind of spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. What would you rate this episode? Um, I give it an eight. I thought this is a pretty good episode. Yeah. What do you think? We're we're in synced up on this one. I'm giving it an eight as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not by any stretch like the, the best episode, but I think it was still pretty solid and pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. Some good character development. Considering that Very it was basically episode. like showing the two of them failing, I think it did a pretty good job of doing that in a way where, you know, it yeah, was interesting. It didn't sit too much in it you know what i mean like it didn't wallow in it yeah because you still got the impression that both of them were going to be okay this is like a blip on the radar yeah like all was not lost but yeah i thought it was well portrayed Mm -hmm. cool 
Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her book, and Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeandgreennerds.com, where you'll find me almost every other day putting up new content. With that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.